Well, welcome to Focus Schools podcast, Leading for Impact. My name is Brett Bishop, and I've been working with Focus Schools for some time now, feeling that it's a privilege to work with so many people out there who have chosen to dedicate their lives to the bettering of the lives of children, especially those who are most vulnerable and most in need. And I feel it's a privilege to work for Focus Schools because most all of our efforts are targeted there. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Kathy Crum. Kathy, how are you? I'm well, well, thank you. Yeah, so I too have been with Focus Schools for a very long time, and I also worked with Focus Schools um, in my own school. So I always like to say I've walked the talk. And um, one of the things that was my biggest aha probably was um, the idea of a targeted professional development plan. And before working with Focus Schools, I would have told you that I had a professional development plan. And after I worked with Focus Schools, I would tell you that actually I never did have a targeted professional development plan before that. So Brett, can you um, help us understand a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I, I, I share your thoughts on that. It's one of those things that I would have loved to have said that I had. Um, before I started working, but then I realized, oh, well, guess I didn't. The idea of targeted professional development planning to me is a really strong notion for a leadership team to dive into because we believe it's important for a professional development plan to sort of be narrow and coordinated around a narrow set of evidence-based practices and also the course tied to the instructional focus, which it puts us on the hook for all kids, right? So we can't say this professional development plan is just going to be to get some kids there, it's going to be to get everybody there. And it, of course, is site-based because we believe that certainly we can learn from people on the outside, but we also know that the most powerful professional development experiences for teachers is when it's delivered with and by their colleagues. Partnered shoulder-to-shoulder experiences usually tend to bring out the best in the professional development, and we want to have frequent opportunities for practice and followed by coaching, and practice and followed by coaching. And a lot of times the best coaching is with a colleague who's right alongside with you. And we believe it's important for the district or the division to act as sort of a real partner that is providing customer service, which that for me was a revelation because my experience prior to this work was I was sort of fearful of district because all it ever meant if I saw an email from the district was have something on my desk by two o'clock and I was serving them rather than them looking at No, it's our job to serve you because you're closest to the kids. So the idea that service would roll downhill rather than uphill was um, really, really important and interesting. And then we want to make sure that the professional development plan identifies, we use those four strategies that, you know, talking about building expertise and making sure it's changing practice and relentlessly communicating and then monitoring student performance to to identify its effectiveness. You know, that's sort of in a small nutshell, the way we talk about professional development, targeted professional. Yeah. So you've said that word targeted a few times. What makes a professional development plan targeted? First of all, I want you to acknowledge that I said targeted, not targeted, because targeted is how I grew up saying it. I'm really trying to put that R in there, you know, (laughs) but for those of you from New England, it is targeted professional development. Yeah. And the idea is that we using the mistakes that we've made in professionally developing teaching staff is really helpful. And when it is sort of spray and pray kind of idea that there's what I followed as a principal where the professional development that we did oftentimes might be related to uh, a recent conference that we financed a couple of teachers to go to and they learned some cool stuff. And we said, yeah, we're going to pay for you to go, but that means you got to come back and teach the rest of us. 
right? And so we thought, wow, that's really good use of the money. Um, we'll all, you know, benefit from this. And that means that everybody got a chance to go to that conference rather than just two people. While I think my heart was in the right place, what in looking at it honestly was it just meant that we were sort of all over the place. And it was kind of frustrating for the teachers that worked in the school I was principal, because it was like, you know, one week it's this, next week it's that, next week it's this. And they never got a chance to get good at anything. And so a targeted professional development plan says, no, we're going to really narrow this and we're going to get a bullseye that we're going to make sure we're shooting after. And we're going to give you lots of opportunity to not just have a professional development session where you build expertise, but then repeated opportunities for you to practice and get coaching and then come back and talk about it. And so that's where the targeted comes in. Yeah. And I know, um, as I said, my PD plans prior were not targeted and we, we too were teaching everything. And once we said, you know, there's just one or two or three things that we're going to do for our PD plan for the whole year and everybody's going to get good at them. It made all the difference. But even still with that, you know, when you do a professional development, you have your high flyers who are going to get better at whatever it is that you um, you mm -hmm. teach about. And then you have other people who sit in the session and they say, thank you very much. And then they go back to their room and do exactly what they had done before. And I do remember my coach, my focus schools coach asking, me so did you have that professional development just to have a professional development or did you have it so that people would actually do what you um, had taught them to do and I remember that being it seems now that it shouldn't have been an aha moment but it really was but <laughs> <laughs> what will make the PD plan that you're talking about different from others that you've done in the past yeah, that, that's really at the center of, to me, when professional development sort of crosses a tipping point. Because as you said, in every school, there's usually some percentage of teachers who are really high performing if you defined it by year in and year out, kids change, curriculum changes, but they get really strong learning results. Those people, no matter how poor the professional development that I provided was, always got better because they brought their excellence to it. And they made the content of the professional development turn into instruction because they were so good, not because the professional development was so good. That was then immediately followed by me sort of applauding that result in their classroom and then getting frustrated by the results in other classrooms and blaming the teachers. Instead of looking at it and saying, no, this really isn't a teacher problem. This is a Brett problem. This is a system problem. I don't have a good professional development system here that would then likely lead to teachers getting better. The idea of having professional development that is, first of all, not just dreamed up in the head of one or two people sitting in an office some, that is part of what the responsibility of this leadership team with a strong teacher voice. And like any good lesson I ever taught, the center of the reason why it was good was because of the planning that I put into it. And the same idea with professional development, when we actually plan it out, we spend some time thinking about, well, what is really good professional development going to look like? How are we going to set it out for a few months ahead of time? How are we going to make sure that it actually bonds to the practice that they do? What will we do to look at the results of it to try and help people to get better? And then at the center of that, I think, is this notion that we as a leadership team are going to see improvement in instruction and learning results as our responsibility. So we're going to sort of put ourselves as a uh, safety net under the teachers to say, wow, if you're not getting there, help us think about what we need to do to help you. And then providing them, I've heard some people say that 
we have a continuum of need and an array of services. And I love thinking of it that way, mm -hmm. where, you know, lots of teachers have different needs and that's okay. But what we as a team have to do is think of what is the array of services that we're going to offer that are going to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And we know in adult learning theory, different adults learn different ways and we've got to give them different opportunities to touch with it and lots of opportunities to practice and lots of opportunities to ask questions. And to me, when you're getting there as a staff and as a leadership team, that's when professional development starts to really have a different impact on learning results. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you've talked a lot about the culture that you try to build to make a PD plan work and all the support you put in, but there's a, there's a real concrete starting point for it, which it was for us. And that was so helpful for me. Um, how does an instructional leadership team build a plan like this? What's the foundation of it? Yeah, so we always use four strategies. When I first was introduced to these four strategies, I, it was like a lot of things with um, Focus Schools work. Nothing in it seemed like a crazy complicated notion. You know, I thought, oh my God, why didn't I think of this, right? Because it's a simple idea, but it's organizing ourselves and orienting ourselves around the results that we're looking for. So those four strategies simply stated are building expertise, monitoring a change in practice, relentlessly communicating, and then monitoring whether students are getting better. You know, through student learning results, we'll evaluate our professional development plan. And all of those things are sort of simple notions that make a lot of sense. But boy, it really struck me as a leader when we started looking at that to say, hmm, this is, this is important stuff that we just have not done. And I thought previous to that kind of work that, you know, we've, basically would just build expertise. You know, we might just do a professional development, let's say on guided reading as an example. And we say, oh, well, okay, yeah. Every, now everybody knows how to do guided reading. We're good to go because we did that PD last September. Well, that's a silly notion, right? It, guided reading takes a lot of time, effort and support to get there. And we can't just say, we're going to do build expertise. We have to then say, well, how are we going to make sure that it actually is changing practice? And one of the misconceptions with that is like, how are we going to build in consequences for people who have not adopted what we've asked them to do? That's not it at all. In fact, how are we going to build in more support for people who are taking longer to get there? And what, how are we going to ask them what they, how are we going to give them opportunities to tell us why aren't they getting those things to me are a ways of being for an ILT that, that gives us a place to hang that where we're, we're just putting ourselves on the hook for helping people get where they need. And then the thing to me, there's a couple of things that, you know, I never thought of about PD. And one of them was using student learning results to measure the effectiveness of our PD. And it makes all kinds of sense when you say it, but I never thought of that. And then the idea of communicating relentlessly. I never, I did lots of, I, I did lots of staff newsletters, but very rarely did I talk to communicate about professional development. And once that was introduced, started making that just be a regular part of telling that narrative and putting it out there and saying, here's what we just did. Here's what we're working on. Here's our new move. We're moving our sort of expectations a little further along that exposure to expectation continuum, giving people lots of opportunities for two-way communication to tell us how they're doing. You know, that's a, that, that's a big shift in moving uh, the leadership in a school to a more broad base. And I think PD is a helpful way to do that. 
And I remember um, just um, even as, as just recently sitting with the school and literally having them put those four basic things about the PD plan and then break it down into months. In September, we'll do this. In October, we'll do this. In November, we'll do this. So when you talk about guided reading, you say, okay, what, what practice will we like to see changed in the months of September? We just did this PD. Well, what it, then, then you go, okay, well, in September, I'm just making this up. We might hope that um, the teacher just brings back one group a day or whatever. And just while they're learning it and while we're getting, and then by October, we're doing something else. And by November, so what that kind of stuff does is really forces you to say, okay, what is the change of practice and what's reasonable, you know, for a teacher to be able to do as they're first learning a, a new activity or whatever, a new, a new concept or a new way of teaching. Just, just having those four areas and then breaking them down by what we already, what, what systems already exist in our school and putting them in there also just makes the PD really click into the school and not just seem like some foreign thing that we do on a, on a school improvement day. You know, it really is. And then when can we communicate relentlessly? Oh, well, we have department meetings. We have grade level meetings. So coach can come and talk then because it's not just that we have to wait till the next school improvement day. We realize that we have times, um, you know, all the time. And we can we monitor student performance? Oh, well, let's, let's see how their comprehension goes up and just do it along the way. So it really does. You said the word system, and it just made me think of how it systematizes it into our everyday being. When, yeah. When you- and when I, I felt like there are some places I can remember where I felt like, wow, we're turning a corner here. We're getting better. And one of them for me, I'll never forget is going to a, a grade level team meeting. And I had had zero to do with planning it. And I went in and I realized I was thinking I would sort of have to do some sort of leading in this meeting. And when I got there, that grade level team had running records out in front of them. And they were all studying the progress that individual students had made versus their hopes what they had made. And they were in a discussion that needed zero input from me. In fact, it was way better if I just stayed quiet. And I thought, hmm, this is good. This is really good because I am I am getting out of the way of really good instruction. So it was like a, a sort of marrying together of the focus frameworks, I guess, the professional mm-hmm. development, the best practices, and then the idea of the internal accountability that was mutual because th- these were people holding themselves accountable to standards that they themselves had set for, you know, with their kids, partner with their kids. It felt like, wow, this is this is a place where we're going to really get better. There were certain mileposts that, like that that I won't forget, but I think targeted professional development plan was really at the center of that. Yeah. And I just really appreciate you teaching us about this because I think, um, I know my school really needed help in this area. And when I became a consultant with focus schools, I learned that that was true for, for many schools. So it's a, it's just a terrific piece of our framework that we want everyone to know about. Yeah. I, and I appreciate that too, Kathy. I appreciate the conversation. And I want to thank um, anyone who's listened to this because you are the reason that we do this work. And we hope that these podcasts are helpful to you and certainly want to keep making them available to you. So please take time to connect with us in other ways by certainly you can go to our website, www.focusschools.com, which also allows you access to things like our blog and also to our social media pages. Love to connect you in all kinds of ways to hear about the great work that you're doing at your school and in your district. So thank you for your time. And Kathy and I wish all the best in the work that you're doing to support kids. 